Welcome to the Octopod, the place to track geeks, techies, and innovators who are making a huge difference in the nation's capital. There are a lot of cool people in the DC government tech space, and on Octopod, you can meet them all. Let's tech it out. Welcome to the Octopod. I'm Mike Rupert. I'm Michelle Roseman. And I'm Nina Liggett. And today we're super excited to have one of our own in the house. Uh, for in the podcast room, <laughs> in the podcast yes. room, to be specific, uh, Delano Squires. Delano has led the Connecty C program, uh, which has done amazing work over the past six years. Is that right, Delano? Yes, six, six years of uh, Connecty C. And the idea is that people cannot, and especially in today's world, people have have challenges uh, if they cannot connect to the internet. The news is on the internet, your bills are on the internet, your healthcare is on the internet, and making sure people are not just connected and not just have a computer, um, and making sure they know how to use it, that they want to use it, and stay connected to the modern world uh, and uh, is super, super important these days. Um, and I'll let Delano talk more about some of the micro-focuses across the city, which I think are really important. Uh, so let's just hop right into it. Delano, you and I have known each other for quite a while. Yeah. I think we spent four or five hours the first couple months. <laughs> kind of, you were kind of breaking down the the real issue to me because I was like, "Oh, that'd be great." You know, Marion Barry's famous for pulling up a truck and handing out turkeys on Thanksgiving. Right. Couldn't we have Thanksgiving with computers and just roll out? <laughs> and so, talk a little bit about that. It's not just if you eat, let's say there's 702,000 residents in the district now. Say mm-hmm. we all bought them an iPhone. Would that help close the digital divide? N- no, it wouldn't. Um, and Burn. I actually, <laughs> I, I actually miss. <clears throat> um, I misstated our age a little bit. So we, the program was started in 2011. So we're really eight years old. Okay. Wow. Um, I just had a birthday, so I'm getting a little older. So. <laughs> Happy birthday. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so, so yeah, so what we do at Connect DC, our whole purpose is to ensure district residents have um, access to technology and all that that, that entails. So that's both um, affordable internet service, um, affordable computer hardware, as well as the types of skills necessary to be full participants in the digital economy. So a lot of times people think that if you give everyone a free phone or free device, that would close what we have come to know as the digital divide, but um, it doesn't make sense to, it, having a free device doesn't do you any good if you don't know how to use it. Right. Um, so that's why we do a lot of work on the training side, yeah. um, both for young people, adults, as well as seniors. Um, and uh, uh, we also invest in, in re- invest resources in ensuring that residents have um, affordable internet service as well. Okay. I know based on the work that you all have done, even though you have identified some trends, you all collect Mm -hmm. a lot of data. What has the data shown that, uh, number one, what classes are the most popular that Mm -hmm. you offer? And then also, what's the biggest need that uh, district residents have? So both of those. Yeah, that's a great question. So the most popular classes have by far been the ones um, for, I guess, working age adults. Um, so we partner with a nonprofit called Bite Back, um, and they are our primary training provider for adults. Um, I'd say over the last three fiscal years, on average, we train about 275 residents. Um, average age is probably above 50. Majority of residents are um, black women over 50 years old, um, and the majority live in wards 5, 7, and 8. 
So those classes are very, very popular. Um, Bite Back as an entity is very popular. So um, the work that they do is always in high demand here in the district. Now we've also expanded from the PC for beginner and, and um, intermediate classes to even more advanced classes. Um, and those are, are pretty popular as well. Um, one of the recent additions that has been well received um, is our senior training. So we recently rolled out um, a suite of senior trainings, so to speak, on smartphone use, social media, PC troubleshooting. Um, and they're actually being taught by uh, one of the members of the team, Adrian Sutton, who's going to senior wellness centers. He's on the mobile tech lab. He's training grandma, great-grandma, great-great-grandma <laughs> yeah. um, on how to use technology. So those two things um, are really in high demand. Um, but we, we, we don't want to neglect the next generation. So that's why we also do um, youth training as well. So we trained about 60 kids last year and hoping to do um, more than that this year as well. Great. Well, one of the things that's like most important about that youth training mm -hmm. is that it's, it's a free like summer camp that uh, we're, that Connect DC is providing, and that's you know very rare. And and you are in locations across the district, and mm -hmm. we're really trying to reach as many students as possible. So I don't know if you can expand. Like, what kind of um, workshops are um, and skills are available for these kids to learn, and what ages um, are allowed to enroll? So we piloted the program last fiscal year, um, at FY twenty eighteen. And last year we had two different types of classes. We had um, a digital arts program for kids who were interested in music and photography. That was only for middle school kids. So we did that in partnership with the Boys and Girls Club. So we had one location in Ward 7 and one location in Ward 8. Then we also did coding for students, both middle and high school students. Um, and those were, were really popular as well. And we had demand from all across the city. We had DCPS students, public charter school students, homeschool students, private school students wow. um, who signed up. The majority of whom came from households earning less than 60K a year. So this wasn't just um, students who have been doing tech for a long time or kids who um, you know, are going to well-resourced preparatory schools. Um, these were kids who, for many of them, this was their first exposure to technology. So th that was really cool. Um, and it was important for us to do it that way. Um, this year, we're actually looking to expand K to 12. So we're looking to do programs starting for elementary school students, probably around the age of five, wow. um, all the way up to, to seniors in high school. So we're probably going to get started in the summer. It, it will probably take the form of a summer camp as well. Um, but we're open to other types of arrangements, whether in school, but after school, um, out of school time programs at a local rec center or uh, a library or even programs on our mobile tech lab. I can't wait to see what, what app a kindergartner would make. <laughs> Where's my surprised. juice box? <laughs> You'd be surprised. They probably put they us probably, to shame. They probably yeah. already are hacking PlayStation. <laughs> that's that's quite, quite possible. <laughs> probably yeah. so. So let's, let's talk about the mobile technology yeah. lab, because I know that's a favorite uh, uh, request from city agencies. Mm -hmm. What's kind of the idea behind it? Uh, why, why do you need to have a bus to, to roll around town and teach people You know, when there's rec centers and all that stuff? Uh, that's, that's a great question. So the Mobile Tech Lab is a converted bookmobile that we received from the D.C. Public Library back in 2008. Um, so it's gone through a, different, a couple of different iterations. Um, first, we just, it was just, uh, we took the wrapping, the D.C. PL wrapping off, put slapped an octo wrapping on, 
we would go to events and festivals and people were naturally drawn to it. Um, I think part of it is novelty. You see computers on a bus, you say, wow, that looks pretty cool. Uh, but eventually the novelty wore off. So we said, we want to make this into more of a mobile computer lab. Um, so we invested some, some of our resources and did a full renovation. Um, we expanded capacity to about 10 computer stations. Um, we could fit a maximum of 15 people in the vehicle. We did an all new wrap that was designed by a local artist um, that, that really gives the flavor of the city. Um, that you can see that flavor pulling up to, to your neighborhood. He's the same guy that did the famous Marvin Gaye Correct. mural, right? Yep. Right, right, yep. that I know. Yep. It's a real city of, icon. Yeah, Adolfia. Um, so we, we wrapped it, we renovated it. It has its own you know, Wi-Fi network. Um, and to your, to, your, to your question, the point of it is to extend our program services to any part of the city, regardless of whether people live near a library or a rec center. Um, so how, that's actually, how we've actually worked that out is by providing classes at um, housing authority locations. Uh, we've done classes, we've done at least 12 classes for DCHA residents, specifically for them, directly on site. Um, because our, the whole purpose is to lower barriers to participation. So if you say the closest class, the closest um, computer training class is at a local library, but you live three miles away, you're, you're less likely to participate. But if you say the closest class is two doorsteps away, then the hope is that people will be able to participate. So you hear a lot about like food deserts. So you essentially you're saying that there's tech deserts in the city and this brings tech right to those places. Right, exactly, exactly. So we, we want to make our programs as accessible as possible. So we've done, as I said, um, classes for public housing. Um, we've done some co-located with, uh, we, we did one class on financial literacy um, in Anacostia. So that was co-located outside of a bank. Um, we've done some for entrepreneurs um, that were co-located at like an incubator or accelerator. Wow. So, but the whole purpose is to is to lower those barriers to participation, um, and to do our part as much as possible um, to get people to participate in our programs. Now, looking toward the future um, and listening to what you said, you mentioned that the demographic that you serve typically their income is sixty thousand or below. Now we know that DC is changing; the face of DC is changing. Mm -hmm. So you have um, it's almost becoming a melting pot. So you've got some people who are coming in there, different languages, um, a higher Latino population. And then also, too, you have people who may not, on the face of it, need skills, those skills. Mm -hmm. So how is Connect DC going to face the future, still provide services, but expand in such a way to change the, the uh, to meet rather the changing demographic in the district? That is a great question. And it's one that I'm, I ask myself every day. Um, so I'll say this, when the program first got started, the concept of digital divide was almost exclusively tied to in-home internet access. And at that time, circa 2008, it's probably about 40% of district residents did not have access to the internet at home. Um, our most recent, recent surveys um, would probably put that at about 20 to 25%. Um, so the nature of the problem has changed. Um, and to an extent, our program has evolved to meet that um, change. So while we still invest resources on promoting affordable internet service, a lot of what we do is focus on training. Um, so as I said, because there are there's a critical mass of seniors who are really, really interested in learning how to use technology, 
Um, we do a lot of work in, in that area. Um, I think the youth tech exploration programs are another area that will, is another area that will be, continue to be in high demand, even as the city's uh, demographics shift. Um, and, and I think, again, there's also, there are always, there will always be residents who are interested in either building basic tech skills or building advanced skills so they can change careers. So, for example, we had one resident who went through training with Biteback who was a beautician for 25-plus years. She earned three certifications in one year and then went on to do um, help desk support for the federal government. So I think those types of stories exist in the district. Um, That's part of the reason why we invest so much in um, community outreach, resident engagement, um, because as we all know, it doesn't make sense to make the perfect program if nobody's going to participate. So um, my goal is to make sure we leave as little meat on the bone as possible, um, even as the city's demographics change. So talk talk a little bit about uh, the All Hands on Tech program. Mm-hmm. I know that uh, you know getting access to technology, but getting access to technology that actually works and works mm-hmm. efficiently is important. Mm-hmm. Talk a little bit about about that program and what it is and, and, and how people can find out more about it. Sure. Um, so All Hands on Tech is... And, and Mike, you could you could speak to this because you were part. Yeah, I'm of pretending the I don't know exactly <laughs> what I want to say about it. <laughs> well, we should mention that Michelle came up with the really amazing name. All true. hands on tech. Oh, true, true, true. Thank you, Michelle. Thank you. Um, so, so this, all hands on tech started from a, a number of conversations that were held in, a couple of years ago between myself, Mike, Terrence, and we talked about a way to leverage Octo's existing sort of help desk support. Um, resources to benefit district residents. So it, it took a little while for that idea to sort of fully form. But basically what we do is provide free tech support to district residents. Um, so almost like an octo geek squad, if you will. <laughs> right. Um, Handsome geek squad. Right. Um, a very dapper geek squad. <laughs> exactly. You tell yourself that. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but it, it actually is, I think, it, it is positioned to be our most popular, truly public program. All of our pu- programs are open to the public, but for instance, you can't just show up to a training class on any given day and say, hey, I want to participate. You would have had to already registered, have been screened um, to make sure you're in the right class. But All Hands on Tech is truly public, so a person does not have to register beforehand, although we do encourage <laughs> residents to register before right. the events. But you could just be in the library on a given Saturday or at a particular nonprofit on a given Saturday and still be able to get your computer fixed. So we um, realized that the cost of fixing computers is often prohibitive for many low-income residents. Um, So for our first three events, um, so we had one in Ward 7, one in Ward 8, and one in Ward 4, more than half of the participants earn less than $30,000 a year. So if you're looking at potentially shelling out $150, to get your com- computer yeah. fix. Yeah. Um, many residents will just rather let the machine languish or continue to use it as it's virus infected. Mm. Um, so we really, we're really happy that we can work with um, not just residents and community institutions, but with, within Octo as an agency to provide that type of service, to remove viruses, to help residents set up machines, to help them use their smartphones. And then it also becomes a great way to market some of our other programs, the training, 
the senior training, the low um, the low cost internet service. So it really, I think, is a program that will continue to be in high demand, and honestly, the type of program that other cities model themselves after. And it's a way to get our IT folks out speaking with our residents because they are, you know, chained to their to their desk. To bad word, but you know, they're actually out there speaking to our residents and that they. Don't, wouldn't otherwise meet. Uh, absolutely. And absolutely. they really enjoy it. it. It's all smiles. Yeah, and I think that that, that to me, because I've been to, to all of them for either most of it or part of it, mm-hmm. I think seeing the faces of those people walk yeah. out who have been so frustrated waiting sure. five, ten minutes for every email to go or mm-hmm. yeah. closing ten pop-up windows that they can't yeah. figure out how to stop, like seeing their face. And, and I think that's the one thing, in, especially with local government, uh, we really have the opportunity to come up with an idea Three months later, we have you know fifty, hundred people walking out the door. Right. Ch- with with, I mean, I'm not trying to be over dramatic, but with changed lives, like Absolutely. they're it's able true. to FaceTime now with their brother or sister or kids or grandkids. Absolutely. Um, I, I, that, to me, I would highly encourage anyone, uh, and I'll let you do the pitch, Delano. But but definitely check it out and swing by and say hello if you are a talent. If you are a talent, have IT talent. Um, volunteer. I think we're open to to seeing who can help. We partner with other groups, but. It really is a magical thing, and I think one of the real beautiful things about local government is being able to, in one afternoon, change someone's life. Absolutely, because if if you've ever, if anyone has ever used a computer that's been affected by a virus, you know how frustrating it is (laughs) to have to close 1,500 tabs um, to actually do something that you want to do. So to be able to to help people um, resolve those issues in the course of one afternoon really is powerful. Um, And one of the things that I'm also proud of, and, and, and this is really kudos to 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 this group is how well everything is staged and it's the little things to me because i think a lot of times people have a particular perception of government yeah that it's just give the people whatever they'll appreciate whatever it is because it's free mm. and no cost to them but when i look at all hands on tech and i look at the signage and i look at um the way it's being marketed and every every aspect of that process um you can't tell me that any private sector company is offering um, better services um, or as high quality of services as we are. So um, as a district resident, in addition to being an employee, I'm really proud of that. Yeah, That's awesome. Something I think as well, underscoring what Mike said just in terms of the power of government and what you said about how um, all hands on tech makes people feel. Mm-hmm. I also would think, and you can um, let us know if this is true, that it sets the tone for people to move up. Uh, I know uh, Mayor Muriel Bowser is really focusing on pathway to middle class, and you know Opto has, of course, adopted that. And it seems like your program, uh, pun intended, is a great bridge right. for that as right. well. So, can you speak to that? Oh, a- absolutely. And and I think um, having quality access to technology is essential in today's world. Um, not to say that you can't access information, or you can't apply to jobs. Well, some you you can't apply to. But it's not to say that if you don't have it, your life is ruined. It just becomes a lot more difficult. Um, so to the extent that we help people get that access, I think we, we give them tools that they can use as they're on you know, those pathways to, to the middle class. Um, and particularly, I, I think a lot about students and the, how difficult it can be for some students to even complete homework assignments if you don't have internet access. So way back in my day, when I was in you know <laughs> elementary and middle school, mm-hmm. um, abacus, that, right? <laughs> that, 
that that really wasn't the case, you know. Um, some kids had computers and some kids had internet service, but you didn't really need it. But nowadays, it is essential. Um, so to the extent, again, that we can help residents both on the um, fixing the hardware through all hands on tech, um, affordable internet service, and some of that is some some of that is service um, or affordable options that we promote, and some of it is actual subsidies. So we've subsidized, I'd probably say, well over. 250 connections for residents I'd say in the last two or three fiscal years um, so we've given out decades worth of free internet service to district residents um, so when you pair the, the access the hardware and then the training um, those three things I think equip anyone to be able to pursue other opportunities um, so again we're, we're really happy to be able to do that that's really uh, an awesome point. I think that another part of your mission that I that you I know you and I talk about a lot is mm-hmm. uh, inclusive innovation, and mm-hmm. um, you know our CTO Lindsay she has been to a couple of elementary schools and middle schools over the last few months, and you know some kids are a little less excited about tech, but then you know we have. Mm-hmm the um, fourth and fifth graders at Henley Elementary School mm-hmm. that are part of an all-girls robotics team that are out there, you know, really showing their their grit and their guts and their ability to think on their feet and create robotic, um, like, a team around a robot and go mm. out there and, like, win awards. Mm. And it's really inspiring to see what they're capable of because, like, to your point back in the day when we were kids, mm-hmm. I was not thinking about building robots. Right. So it's just amazing to think about what those the, the next generation is going to be able to do with the technology that's coming online, you know, with 5G and um, low latency, um, high broadband um, technologies. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you have more you would like to expand on that i think that you know it's it's kind of a, a more of a philosophy at this point mm. um at our level but um it is a major focus of what we're working on here absolutely and i think much of what we do is just expose people to opportunities right because as government we can't control how people want to use or not use technology um i remember one time we were at a, a community conversation and i was struck by and it wasn't it was probably about two or three residents, but they were all under the age of 40 who said, I don't use technology at all. I don't trust it. Wow. I don't want anybody tracking me. I said, okay. I mean, I understood that. Um, my job at that point was to, to explain to them what it is that they were missing, um, to encourage them to use technology for their own benefit. Um, and in the same way, when we, when we do programs for kids or seniors, it's all about exposing people to things that they may not have necessarily been exposed to. Um, I go into it fully acknowledging that not everyone wants to be in technology um, and not in the same ways. So most people want to be users and most of us are users. Um, any person over the age of 18 months is, has probably touched an iPad or an iPhone or some other type of you know web-enabled device. But everyone doesn't necessarily want to be a producer. Everyone doesn't necessarily want to be a coder. But you'll never know unless you try, right? right? So I did computer engineering in college, and I was terrible at it. Um, So I I knew coding wasn't for me. But I was good at problem solving, so that was for me. Um, So that's, in some ways, how I ended up here. But the thing is, we want to be able to give kids that opportunity to choose um, and then give them multiple pathways 
that they can go down if they are interested. So, for instance, our programs the, for youth, both the digital arts and and uh, coding, I guess you could in, uh, capture under the, the general um, um, umbrella of STEAM: so science, technology, engineering, arts, and math. Some of the kids in there may want want to be coders and may end up being very successful coders. Some of them may want to be graphic designers, which is not necessarily a field people think about intuitively when they think about STEM or technology. But many of the apps that we use most frequently, we use in part because of how well they're designed. And now if you go back and you look at a website that was designed in 2007, 2008, oh, this is terrible. Yeah, I have one of those out there. Mine still yeah. looks good. <laughs> I'm sure it does. <laughs> Find me at myspace. Rap.com slash Rupert. We'll look you up. <laughs> so, so, so we all understand what that user experience is like, and, and part of what makes that user experience pleasant is people who know how to design things. And so often, in, in, and it's not just technology, in many areas of life, there are things we gravitate towards because they're designed well. Mm. Um, this is a totally unrelated example, but I remember... I think it was last year when I was at EdFest, so the city citywide um, education festival that kicks off the start of the, the school lottery season. And I just noticed that many of the schools, it seemed like they were putting a lot of resources into banners and booklets and T-shirts. But all of it was to attract people who pay attention to those types of things, to aesthetics and how things look and who appreciate art and beauty and all that other stuff. That finds its way into technology at every um, level of conversation. So, as I said, our goal is to give kids opportunities um, to encourage them wherever we can, to incentivize them to stay, um, but really to give them opportunities and, and, and to celebrate them when we do have those successes, yeah. whether it's a all-girls uh, robotics team or, or um, kids who went from not knowing how to code to designing an app or even designing a wireframe. Um, those things are all victories, whether small or big, that, that need to be celebrated. That's awesome. All right, we're going to switch gears. Thank you, Delano. Uh, sure. We have a little segment we do every time called By the Numbers. We're going to flip it around, and we're going to quiz you on your own program. Cool. So, all right. So if people are interested in getting updates about Connect DC events, mm -hmm. there's a phone number that they need to text to. Is that mm -hmm. correct or a code? Correct. Correct. What is that code? That code is 83224. Ding, ding, ding. Mm -hmm. And where do they text it to? So if you're interested in All Hands on Tech, you would text FIXED, F-I-X-E-D, to 83224. Nice. Nice. You win that one. All right, all right, all right. Um, okay, talking about my f one of our favorite workshops, the senior workshops. Mm -hmm. What is the age of the oldest but youngest at heart uh, participants so far? Hmm. Adrian I, Sutton's going to be yeah, so mad if I you get know. this wrong. I'm going to say, I know she's in her 90s. I want to say 98. Wasn't there 100? Was she's, 100? She's 99, getting ready to be 100. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. You were close, though. Okay. She was making, <laughs> she was making uh, Spotify playlists on her yeah. phone by the end. Oh, nice. DJ Very Granny. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> she got so good at it. Well, since we are switching gears and still in sort of the fun fact, mm -hmm. let's do this. Mm -hmm. One of the things we like to ask our podcast um, interviewees is this. If you are in the midst of sort of a brainstorm, mm -hmm. I want to know what we want to know. What's your favorite food? 
that sort of gives you that uh, sort of brain pop and your favorite what's on your playlist so we've got food and playlists what are the things that keep you innovative and creative it's hmm, a good question this is a family friendly show on the food. music so no ice cube <laughs> no, no. <laughs> um so on the food side that's a good question because i i eat and snack all day long um, I'd say the things that keep me full of energy, I'd probably say, hmm, I'll go with my afternoon snack. Okay. So sliced apples, Granny Smith apples, and peanut butter. Is that because you have kids? No. <laughs> no, actually. I started eating that before the kids came. Delano's very organized. He's got the sickest Tupperware collection <laughs> yes, you do. could imagine. Wow. Now, what about your playlist? So my playlist at work? Either oh. or. Okay. So my playlist at work, if I'm listening to something at work, oftentimes it's it might be sports stuff or um, different conversations, that are panel discussions, that type of thing. Um, at home, I'd probably say, so there's, there's one song I've been playing on heavy rotation. It's called um, You Will Know. I just happened to see somebody posted the video to Facebook, and it's by um, a collective called Black Men United. This was like in the 90s. Wow. And it was, they've got Tevin Campbell and Gerald Levert. Wow. Oh, I saw that's a live performance too, wasn't it? Yeah, I yeah it, was, it was a live wow. performance. Yeah. Oh, wow. Um, so I've been listening to that um, pretty heavy. My wife's starting to get annoyed. <laughs> um, you know it's 2019, Delano. Right. When we see that trending in, in Spotify, <laughs> you know remember. it came from yeah. Octopod. Yeah. <laughs> And then um, also there's an artist I really like named Triply. So he's like a Christian rapper. Um, so I have a bunch of his albums. So I listen to him a lot. And then because I am a dad, um, Mother Goose Club. All right. Mm-hmm. And Round Trolls. It out. What about Trolls. Backyard Again? Do you on that? Not, not yet. <laughs> I, Get I, ready for the yeah. Backyard Again's remix. Yeah, not, not yet. And then, <laughs> but yeah, Mother Goose Club is on pretty heavy rotation. And then... Um, Sesame Street. My daughter loves Oscar the Grouch's um, I Love Trash for some reason. That's funny. Yeah. That's funny. Actually, wow. I, I, I like loves it Oscar, more. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we really appreciate you stopping by. I for think sure. the program's awesome. You can visit connect.dc.gov uh, or text. Text FIX to 83224. Um, if you want to come out to All Hands on Tech, we'll be at Benning Library this Saturday, May 4th from 1030 to 3 p.m. and next Saturday, May 11th, at UPO's PD Green Center um, from 10.30 to 3 p.m. as well. Awesome. All right, well, thanks again, Delano. Thank you. From thanks. The, for the Octopod, I'm Mike Rupert. Michelle Roseman. Oops, sorry, Michelle. I'm Nina. No worries. <laughs> it's been a long day. That's okay. Thank you for listening to the Octopod. For comments, criticisms, better jokes, or for more information about the topic, follow us on Twitter at OctoDC or the hashtag Octopod, O-C-T-O-P-O-D.